Praise God. Good morning, everyone. So glad you're here today. I'm excited about the, today. This is Vision Sunday. We're going to be talking about what I believe the Lord has planned for us this year. And uh, my part and your part in this, seeing this vision come to fruition. Uh, exciting things are ahead for our church. And um, uh, I, I want to take our Bibles and turn over to Acts chapter 16 this morning. Acts chapter 16, got some exciting things to share with you. Um, thank you all for being here. Pastor Eric uh, had a, took all, well, not all, but a few of us guys out last night. We met at Allen Bowl and had a great time bowling last night. And uh, so we'll have events like that happen throughout the year. And I want to invite all you guys to, to come and participate in those things. Good time of fellowship. And, of course, uh, Lynn just beat us really bad. When a guy shows up, the bowling night with a bag of bowling balls, you are in trouble. And, uh, and yeah, he showed us all up. So uh, congratulations, Lynn, and kicking all of us around there. And uh, we had a great time. Uh, Acts chapter 16, I want to go ahead and jump right into uh, today's message and um, <clears throat> get you out in time for whoever is playing football now. It doesn't matter. Verse 6. Acts 16, 6, now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Verse 7, after they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. I want to, uh, if we could, just bring up this map on the, on the screen for just a moment. I'm going to help us walk through a little bit of what the Scripture is talking about so you can get a visual of what's going on. This is... This is referring to Paul's second missionary journey. And um, his first one happened, started in Acts chapter 13. You can read that, where he and Barnabas were sent out by the church after they had fasted and, and they laid hands on them and prayed over them and sent them out, that they began to preach all in this area of Asia. Asia Minor, I have to use my little laser pointer. And uh, they started here in Cyprus and then went all throughout this area preaching the gospel and many Gentiles came into the kingdom of God as a result uh, because now the gospel had been opened up after Acts chapter 10 when God uh, sent Peter to Cornelius' house. You remember the story? And uh, Cornelius, the Italian soldier, was the first Gentile uh, convert. And then uh, it's like the Lord opened the door for Peter to, to, to get the gospel to them, and then he quickly shut it. So Peter went back to the Jews, and then the, the door was opened for Paul then to take the lead from there. And as he later said in Galatians chapter 2, just as the, the Lord was working in Peter in the apostleship to the, to the Jews, so he was also working in me to the Gentiles. Um, so now he and Barnabas have gone through here in Acts chapter 13 to 14 and have incurred some, quite a bit of trouble. Paul got stoned to death at one point, and stoned to death but yet survived the event, and uh, just miraculously by God's hand upon him. So then they returned to Jerusalem, uh, or to Antioch, that is to give report about all the good things that happened. And while they were there, there was this dispute going on that they came into that these Jews were not excited about all these pagan Gentiles getting saved and coming into the kingdom. And so they said, well, listen, if you're going to come and be a part of, what, of who we are, uh, that's great that you believe on Jesus and everything, but, but that's not everything. You're going to have to maintain that righteousness by first being circumcised and then by keeping the law of Moses. That's how you stay saved, if you will. And so there was this arguing going on 
thought about it. And so Paul and Barnabas shared what was going on with everybody. said, listen, God's doing marvelous things. And then Peter stood up and reminded them how that by his mouth, the, the Gentiles would first hear the gospel and believe and that God purified their hearts by faith. And they settled the issue once for all that it was righteousness was only brought one way by faith. And it was not maintained by works. Faith was the issue, faith in, in Jesus. And so they, Peter said, why are we going to try to put this burden upon the Gentiles that we even ourselves couldn't keep this law? Why would we do that? So then the pastor of the church, James, stands up and says, okay, this is what we're going to do. We need to write a letter to these churches to encourage them so they don't, aren't burdened with this. Let them know this is not our thinking on the, on, on the matter. Here's some advice that we want to give these Gentile churches. They do need to separate themselves from pagan worship practice. That is drinking blood. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm out on that one. Uh, <laughs> sexual immorality and, and, and eating food that was offered to idols. And, and basically they said, if you, can, if you do these few things, you'll do well. God bless. So then they put those letters in Paul and Barnabas' hands to take to those churches that they had preached in so that the people uh, would be free uh, from thinking that they had to maintain their righteousness by works. And so they, they uh, and, and right at this point, when they're about to go back out, Barnabas says, let's bring John Mark with us. Well, on their first journey, John Mark had gone home to Mama on the way and didn't stick with them on the trip. And Paul didn't like that about John Mark. He said, no, he's not coming with us. He's a Mama's boy. And Barnabas Barnabas said, I want him with me. And these two guys have a big dispute. Barnabas and Paul separate at that point. Barnabas takes John Mark, and then Paul grabs a guy by the name of Silas, and they begin going back this way, up through Derby. They come to Lystra and Derby, and then he meets a guy named Timothy. And Paul says, welcome to the ministry, Timothy, and has him circumcised. And so then uh, uh, they take off all together, and, and, and that's what the Scripture says they, through Phrygia. But the Spirit forbade them or told them, I don't want you preaching here. So they were just to deliver the letters, and then they get over here to um, Mysia, and then try to turn back up to Bithynia. So Paul is trying to preach the word in Asia, and he keeps coming across closed doors. All right, so he's kind of just wandering around here. So then they tried to go there, and the Spirit said, nope. So they turn around and go back through Mysia, and come to this coastal town called Troas. Verse 9 of Acts 16. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Let's bring the map back up for just a moment. Now, see, as Paul was trying to stay here in Asia, the Lord was saying, No, you need to go here to Macedonia. Go west, young man. And we're all grateful for it today because Western civilization began as a result of the gospel coming over to this region. Interesting. Vision. A vision. God gives us direction through vision. Through vision, the church grows. Through vision, the church prospers. Through, church, through, through vision, the church affects the world. Um, let's jump over to Acts chapter 2 for a moment. In verse 17, we'll see a marvelous uh, piece of scripture here. Now, this is right after Jesus had, had risen from the dead and ascended into heaven. He told the disciples before he ascended to go and wait for the promise of the Father. Because when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, uh, you'll, you'll be endued with power and you'll be witnesses everywhere, all over the world. And so this is 
we come to Acts chapter 2, that was Acts chapter 1, and all of a sudden they're sitting in this place praying. There's 120 of them, and the scripture says, suddenly there came from heaven the sound of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then there were all these Jews that were there from all these other cities everywhere, and they heard when they were speaking in tongues, they heard their own language, and they said, how in the world is this possible? These people are from Galilee. How do they know my dialect? Well, it was a miracle. It was by God's miraculous power. And so then Peter stands up and, and, um, amongst them because there's all this confusion. He says, hey, 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 listen, this is what the uh, prophet Joel had spoken of. And then he starts saying, quoting what Joel had said. It shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Everybody say all flesh. That means you. Your sons and your daughters shall what? prophesy, or that is declare the knowledge of God. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Verse 18, and on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. So this is how God is getting his work accomplished in the earth through the church. And it happens by leading us through prophetic utterances, prophetic words, through visions and through dreams. There are dreams that you have that when you wake up in the morning, you, you feel like that dream means something. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. feel like that dream means something. The Lord is speaking to you individually, and he's also speaking to us corporately at times concerning what he wants to do in our lives, ultimately in the earth. And those are important to understand those things. In the beginning of last year, I remember declaring that 2014 would be a year of harvest, not only for our individual lives, but for our church, and many of you increased. I, I am blessed to know what God was had been doing in your lives. You promotions at jobs, started businesses, all kinds of things uh, happened. Wonderful things happened last year, um, and and we had, but but our church personally grew. We expanded and increased by adding three more congregations in 2014. Uh, my head is still kind of spinning from that whole, <laughs> that whole thing um, because we had set Derek and Jennifer in uh, in our Dallas campus back in October of 2013, and, and that all happened because of a vision I had. And it was real simple. It was during our prophetic conference in 2013, and, and I, I, I just saw a flash, and I saw Derek standing behind a pulpit preaching, which was a little bit humorous to me because he was not... Well, not much of a preacher. He, he didn't like to really do it. He liked to be the behind-the-scenes kind of guy. And Derek can prophesy. Some of you have, have been a, a, a beneficiary of, of the words he's given. But, but not much preaching. And so I thought, well, I know that didn't come from me, me seeing that. Uh, but I realized quickly that it was the Lord because it jolted me so much seeing him because I saw him standing in our, in our church in Dallas behind that pulpit preaching. And I said, Lord, what is this that you just showed me? So I mentioned it to Derek right before he was about to play on Sunday morning, scared him to death. And uh, I said, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just kind of trying to scare you. I just wanted to share this is what happened. So he went and talked to Jennifer. And by the end of Sunday evening that night, they decided this is not something we're going to do. But by Monday morning, everything changed. Something happened in the night while they slept that God spoke to both of them about it. When they woke up in the morning, they felt completely different about it and said, we're ready to rock and roll. So we set them in in October of 2013 there. And then 
so we're coming into the next year, and, and after I declared that about this being a year of harvest for our church, in February, Pastor Roxanne came for a special Sunday night service. How many of you were here for that, that Sunday night? It was an awesome service. She had preached for my dad that morning, uh, and my parents that morning in Oklahoma, so I asked her, would you come and do a special service with us since you're in the, uh, in the area? Let's use you up. So she came, and I'll, I'll never forget this. She's, she's, stand, she's standing right here. I'm sitting here, and she says, I see three, no, not no, four churches, just like that. I just have to, can I just admit to you today, I was not excited about hearing that at all. I just, I wanted to yell out false prophet. This is not God. But I know Roxanne, and I know she hears from God. So we were still trying to wrap our minds around having Derek and Jennifer gone, as well as Matt and Kat and some others that went with them and missing them. So I, I just, inside, inside I just said, okay, Lord, what are you doing? But I'll, I'll do whatever you want. And then by March, we started One Cause Espanol. Viva la raza. Any Mexicans here? Okay. Uh, Pastors Chris and Mary Lou Quinones, who I connected with at Christ for the Nations, started uh, a Spanish service in our Dallas church there. And the reason is because we saw a need. We saw a need. The neighborhood there is about 85% Hispanic, so we wanted to be relevant, not just to the overall community, but to that specific neighborhood that our church is in. And we're having people come into our English service and, uh, and then leaving because we didn't speak their language. And that just, we thought, we got to do something. We got to reach the, we got to reach them. So Chris and Mary Lou joined our team in February. So now we have three congregations in two churches, and things were happening. Then the very next month in April, I go to sleep on a Tuesday night, and I have a dream. And this dream is that I'm standing, if you've ever been to Christ for the Nations in Dallas where I teach, in the main auditorium there is right in the center in the dream, it's not there in reality, but in the dream there was a glass office, all glass walls like it's, we could see inside. And my dad is standing next to me and we're looking from the stage out and he's telling this man who has this mustache that goes down like this, like a cowboy, and his wife and son, who looks to be about 19 or 20 years old, they need to get out. Get out. He's rushing them. Get out. Get out. And they're grabbing papers, and they're, they're trying to gather stuff as quickly as they can. He's telling me, that's your new office. That's your new office. So I woke up the next morning thinking, what a bizarre dream. And I knew it meant something. I just didn't know what it meant. This was a Tuesday night. Thursday, two days later, I get done teaching at Christ for the Nation and heading back home to McKinney, and Derek's with me in the car. And my phone rings, and it's my dad. And he says, son, there's a friend of ours out in Granbury, you know, Pastor Brandon out there. He's resigning his church, and he thinks the only way that this church can, can move forward is to have Brandon Marshall as the pastor. And I went, really? And he said, yeah, but I told him Brandon Marshall's not going to do anything without you because you two guys are connected at the hip. I said, well, that's true. <laughs> and he said, and Pastor Brandon Mercer, who was the previous pastor, said, that's fine. I, that's fine. I just think that Brandon Marshall's the man. I think he's the man, too. So I, all of a sudden, as he's telling me this, I remember the dream because Brandon Mercer had a mustache like that. And his wife 
And then he had a son. I didn't even know he had a son. Found out. I asked dad. I said, does Brandon have a son? He said, yeah, he's, t- he's 20 years old. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So I'll tell my dad about the dream. And he says, whoa, son, that sounds like that very well may be God. I said, that's what I was afraid you were going to say. So I got off the phone and I told Derek, you're not going to believe the conversation I just had. Oh, by the way, before Dad hung up, he did say, oh, yeah, there is a little catch here because this church is purchasing another church in Delium because they wanted two campuses. So if you get the church in Granbury, you also inherit the church in Delium. I went, Delium, where is that? I said, okay, and I hung up the phone. And I told Derek, and Derek went, oh, Eric, February, Roxanne was here. Remember, not three, I see three churches. No, not three, I see four churches. I went, oh, my God. <laughs> so I said, i got to call Brandon Marshall right now. So I get on the phone, and I call him. I said, Brandon, can you meet for coffee? And almost every time I do something like that, he says, what's wrong? <laughs> Nothing's wrong, man. Everything's cool. <laughs> Why are we meeting? What should I expect? I said, no, it's good, man. And uh, so we sat down, and I tell him the story. I tell him that he was asked for by Pastor Brandon Mercer. And, uh, and Brandon, I'll never forget this, he sat back in his seat and folded his arms and just thought. And when he did that, I knew it was going to happen. Because every other time Brandon has had ministry opportunities to go pastor a church, most of those have been from my dad who thinks everybody needs to go pastor a church. Uh, <laughs> He's always trying, especially Brandon, you know, because he knows he can preach. And, and so he said, you need to go over here. And Brandon said, no, I'm with Eric. No, I thank God for that guy. And no, I'm, no, no. But when he sat back, didn't even, didn't hes- he just sat back and just thought. And he looked at me and said, I'll do it if you want me to. And I said, I know you'll do it if I want you to, but that's not really the reason why I want you to do it. I want you to do it because you know this is the Lord speaking to you. And he said, do you mind if I talk to Sarah? I said, no, talk to Sarah. He goes home, talks to Sarah, and she says, we need to do this, which then he really felt like it's confirmed with God. So then we began to move forward in that direction. Again, there's this tearing in my heart, right? Because these people are precious to me and have helped us build where we are at this point, and now we're sending them out. And... And uh, some of you are complaining to me about that, too. I, I know. Nobody misses them like I do. So we make a connection with a pastor there in, our, in DeLeon campus who's perfect for the, the job. He was the mayor of the town. He was, grew, grew up there in DeLeon, uh, 2,241 people which Pastor Lowell would correct me and say, we're up to 2,500, Pastor Eric. You need to get with the program. Uh, I said, well, your sign needs to change then. And anyway, and, and he's vested in the community. He's a director of Alcohol and Drug Rehabilitation Center there. And we just made a good connection there with Lowell. And so all, all that being said, in August, Pastor Brandon and Sarah were set in in, in in Granbury, and we started Sunday morning services with Lowell in November. And, and it's just been marvelous to see. God did all that within a year's time. When I said it's harvest time, I had no idea what that harvest was going to look like. You know, I kind of had the thought that we would be tearing out walls here and, you know, this place would be busting at the seams, and I still do see that. But it was a different kind of harvest. It was not exactly what I was thinking. And, you know, when the Lord speaks, 
Let me just say this. I understand. Can I be honest with you today? I'm, I've been honest with you up to this point, I promise. Uh, uh, I understand that not everybody here necessarily likes how this is going. And you probably don't even care that we have other campuses. But because we miss the guys that we've sent out. I miss them terribly at times. But as I told the earlier service, at the end of the day, I'm going to follow God. I'm going to do what he wants. Because this is not what I wanted to do. I can promise you that. But I'm seeing, I'm seeing it differently. I'm beginning to see it how God is seeing it. And it scares me and excites me all together. Because if um, I can't allow myself to worry about what, if people like it or not. You know, can't depend on men's opinions about this. Because we just end up in trouble doing that way. You know? Um, and I hope you appreciate that. That God is, God is building his church. He's the one that paid the price he did for it. The scripture says Christ loved the church and he gave himself for it. Actually, it says gave himself for her. <laughs> so this it isn't always easy. Last year, it was, it was really difficult. Because we sowed in tears, many tears. And I, I was thinking, well, this is supposed to be harvest. Why are we sowing in tears? But as, as quickly as we were sowing, we were reaping. And when I sat down and I thought about what happened in one year's time with One Cause Church? When I didn't personally see the numbers here in this physical location like I was wanting to see, but yet seeing them in another way, that our influence grew from 250 to 300 weekly to four to 450 weekly. So we're reaching more people and we're seeing so many more people seizing opportunities to get involved and to serve in, the, in these campuses and to, and to do the work of the ministry. So the Lord showed me something about our church. I have so many seasoned ministers here, and I started praying and asking the Lord. You know, sometimes you can get yourself in trouble by the things you ask of God. And I, I felt it coming, because when I looked around, I saw the, the quality of people all in one little metal building out in the pasture, Right? I'm thinking, God, why are all these people here? These able ministers here, why? And as I'm asking the question, I'm asking the question that I know the answer to. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you know the answer, but you feel like maybe if I ask the question, I'll get a different answer? Like, why did I gain 10 pounds over the holidays? How did this happen? Because I read the more meals you eat in a day, the more calories you actually burn. I should have lost 10 pounds. But you know the answer before you ask the question. And this answer came as I was asking. And, and it was not really the answer I was hoping for or looking for, but it was the answer nonetheless. But it caused me to lift up my eyes and look way further out than I was seeing at the present time. 
And I've come to realize more and more that our church is a church where we train up and send out. And then when I read the scriptures, I realize, oh, this is scriptural. <laughs> God's just trying to get us lined up with the Bible. Okay. <laughs> all right. Because I, I like just everybody being in here and all being warm and fuzzy and us just having a great time together and never leaving, never going anywhere. <laughs> Let's just all be one big happy family, but I cannot allow myself to think like that. Not if I'm thinking about the church. Not if I'm thinking about your individual lives. Seeing you come up and go out. It's the heartbeat of the church. This world is on God's heart. And we're not going to win them if it's just us all in one little building somewhere. We want to extend our reach as far as we can to this sighing, crying, dying humanity. Here in McKinney, one sisterhood has taken off. How about, a, how about that, huh? I mean, I, that's been one of the greatest successes of our women's ministry at this point. I'm just so proud of you, honey. For, for what you're doing there. It's marvelous. Uh, press young adults with Pastor Jeremiah and Maddie. It's just going strong, doing well. It's, it's been something that we needed for so long, and, and here uh, it, it's a dream come true. Our worship team is expanding, uh, writing new songs. It's just been marvelous to see that. This year we're looking to record another worship album. Very excited. I, well, we're, we're just blessed with so much talent. Uh, I love every week, I was telling the early service, I love every week not knowing who's going to open the front doors. Uh, Kayla has, has, has uh, started that, our, our greeting ministry, I mean, really taking it to another level. And uh, Warren and Kristen gave me a warm welcome to One Cause Church today, and for that, I thank you guys. Uh, and uh, so a lot more people have been able to get involved as a result. Um, <clears throat> Eric and Jenna did a marvelous thing this year with our kids' ministry. I just thank God. They're back there on the back row. Can we give them a big hand? I mean, that, what, what Eric and Jenna do week in and week out is they, they're here watching your kids. And it's good to know that we've got people like this back there watching your children so you don't have to be worried about what's going on. You can know that they're teaching them the things of God and the kids are having God experiences. At the prophetic conference, how many kids got baptized in the Spirit? 20 kids got filled with the Spirit. Bunch of little tongue talkers running around everywhere. Just fill them up and let them go. Turn them loose. I love it. And, and I love kids. Kids have, this generation of kids especially, I've never seen a generation like this. That they have this understanding of God that I, I cannot put my, my, I can't put my finger, I can't quite figure it out, except there's something spectacular about this generation that God is doing something that where he's connecting with them at very young ages. I was talking to Casey, remember Casey and Parrish, who my parents stole from us and <laughs> made them their worship leaders up there? Uh, their little daughter, Savannah, uh, she got filled with the Spirit. I don't, how old is Savannah? she eight? I think she got filled with the Spirit at six or seven at kids camp. And so Casey was telling me about that because we were sitting around talking about that night when all of our kids, a bunch of them got filled with the Spirit. He said, she didn't get filled with the Spirit here. It was, it was at camp. And that little eight-year-old girl looked up at me. She goes, yeah, now I say what I want to say. <laughs> no, now I say what I really want to say. But now I say what I really want to say. I went, my gosh. <laughs> Who talks like that? 
But there's this connection. It's been marvelous. And they did this series, a superhero series, which I've told Eric, you've got to make this a curriculum. And I think they are going to, so that we can be a resource for other churches. And I, the kids just rallied around that whole series. It was just marvelous. And kids just understood things about the Bible and about God through what they're, they, they're teaching them. I, I just appreciate you guys so much. Uh, prophetic conference that we had this year, I think it was the best one yet. Every year it seems to get stronger and stronger. We had the, it was the most well-attended that we had here. Um, uh, we've had more volunteers added than ever before in our church uh, life. Isn't that awesome? Amen. So uh, uh, as much as there's been some pain in the growth process, growing pains, there's so much fruit and so many wonderful things happening all the way around. I, I'm just greatly excited about it. As I shared with you before, I don't know how this is happening, but God's just doing it. You know, we're trying to get our reach out there in any capacity that we can. And one of the biggest successes of our ministry is our podcast ministry. How many of you download our sermons? See, there's like six of you, which I'm, I'm not coming down. I'm saying, like, I don't know who all these other people are. I'm like, it's not my people. They already heard me, right? That, why would they download something they already heard? But um, last year, I was looking at the numbers, and last year alone, my family, last year in 2014, we had 15,361 downloads. Who's listening to this? I don't know. But up to, since 2010, up to this point, we've had 105,000 plus downloads of our sermons. Our message is going everywhere. It's just a marvelous thing to be a part of. And so I just want to, I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for continuing to, to do your part in service and in giving here because you're making this thing happen. Seeing great things. And this year, as I was praying and thinking about this year, Really, since the Lord says this is a time of strengthening the relationships that we have. Last year was dizzying. It just was. But now that the dust is somewhat settled and we have people in their place, I realize the importance of strengthening our relationships now. And, and as all those things were going on, Heather and I sensed that that part was getting weak. So we're going to do, we're going to focus on that this year as a family and uh, to pull things together. And, and, but before we go to that, I want to go to verse 10. I'm almost through here. Everybody okay? Is this, is this helping you today? All right. Uh, look, at, look at verse 10 of, of Acts 16. Now, after he had seen the vision, who saw the vision? The apostle Paul saw the vision. Saw the, in the night, the man from Macedonia saying, come over and help us. Immediately, everybody say immediately. immediately. Look at this. Immediately, we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called who? But Paul saw the vision. But they owned the vision. He saw it, and they said, if you see it, then we see it. If you're called, we're called. We sought to go, concluding the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. And it, it blesses me greatly to see our people rally around the vision of One Cause Church and to help make it possible because it can't happen without you. But I want you to notice, I think one of the key words in that verse right there is the word immediately. Immediately. Immediately we sought to go. And Luke very well could have said, well, after he saw the vision, then we looked at each other and said, well, this is what Pastor Paul wants to do, so we'll pray about it and we'll see if it's something we should do or even want to do. No, he said immediately. We said, let's do it. There's no hesitation. Let's go. 
You're not supposed to amen right there. You aren't supposed to get quiet. The Lord has called all of us. You're here. I'm here. This is our church. Hmm? We believe the Lord has brought us together. And he brought us together not to just be a hidden gathering of people, but to be a city on a hill, to bring the light of the gospel to our community. And so since the Lord brought you here, since the Lord brought me here, then he has something for us to do, doesn't he? The Lord doesn't do anything without purpose or without function. You have, all of you individually have a talent, you have a skill, you have a skill set, you have a gift, you have a service that you can bring that can help our church. I want to give you an old phrase that kind of came alive to me again when I read it. This is a story about four people named everybody, somebody, anybody, and nobody. There was an important job to be done and everybody was asked to do it. Everybody was sure somebody would do it. Anybody could have done it, but nobody did it. Nobody or somebody got angry about that because it was everybody's job. Everybody thought anybody would do it, but nobody realized that everybody wouldn't do it. It ended up that everybody blamed somebody when nobody did what anybody could have done. When everybody made up of somebodies does their part with this understanding that not just anybody can do what only they can do, then nobody misses out. When every part is doing its share, the body is strong, healthy, and vibrant. You are important here. You are important to the life and the health of this body. I want you to notice something. Verse 11, it's the last verse we'll look at. What's the last thing he said? We sought to go, concluding the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Therefore, sailing from Troas, we ran a straight course. Vision puts you in line and puts you into your lane to run a straight course. That's what vision is doing for us this year. To not, well, Lord, I just want whatever you want. To have a vision and to run a straight course. Because they had already done the other stuff. They're trying to go around all around Asia, as I showed you. And then when Paul saw the vision, it was a straight course from there. A couple of days later, they end up in the foremost city called Philippi. And this is where it all began for, for the West. They would, go, they would go down to a river because there was no synagogue to preach in. And there's these women down there praying. So Paul meets a woman named Lydia. And Lydia, the scripture says she was a seller of purple. And the reason it makes sure to tell us that because purple was extremely difficult to come by in those days. Only people like royalty enjoyed the color purple because there was a lot of work to extract it out of shellfish and things like that. And it was very rare as a result and very valuable because of its rarity. And Lydia sold purple. So she sold to the you know, upper echelon. Her clientele was made up of them. And, but now she hears what Paul is preaching, and she and her whole house believes on the Lord. They believe this gospel that all these guys preach, and the scripture says that she went on to finance their ministry. Isn't that a marvelous thing 
that what vision can do. Take you places you never dreamed, and God always has resources to make sure that what he has called you to do, he will fulfill that very thing. So this year, we're going to strengthen and build relationships, and we're going to do that through gathering here like we are today with our weekly services, Sundays and Wednesdays. I just want to remind you, we do have Wednesday night services. Some of you seem to forget that every week, but I just want to remind you again, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, you're all welcome to come. (laughs) Plus, we're launching small groups, of course. Uh, small groups is really where it happens. This is really where you, you get to know people you never thought you would know, and it connects people who normally wouldn't have connected, uh, where you can build relationships, strengthen those kinds of things. That's really the purpose of the small groups, is to really bring us together in a stronger bond of love. Uh, and even our church events. We'll be doing various church events throughout the year. Attend these things. Be a part of those. Um, and then also our campuses as well. We have some people who like to go to, who've really caught on to the vision of our multiple campuses, and so they'll, they'll go one week here and over Dallas and DeLeon and, and Granbury, and so that keeps the excitement going, too, to see what we're a part of uh, on a grander scale. Uh, as far as numbers are concerned, I want you to be believing with me this year. I'm believing God. I'm praying. I've talked to the staff about this, and we've been praying about it for a 25% increase across the board as far as weekly attendance in our church. All right? I think this is an attainable goal, but this goal cannot be accomplished without you. All right, so I want you to just be praying. Be, be, be praying about who the Lord would like you to bring. Praying for those opportunities to invite someone and bring them to church. Um, and as far as missions, we have coming up this year. We've got another team going to India again to do a kids' crusade. Do you remember how great the, the one the last year was? That Was it last year or 2013? 2013. Wow, really? 2013, yeah. Where we had, at the end of the conference, we had 500 kids on day three and 100 of those kids gave their lives to Jesus. And we had several kids get saved and filled with the Spirit as well. So we're going to be sitting a team, and Pastor Brandon is actually going to be leading the way. He's going to be teaching a prosperity conference. I'm excited about that. Teach them how to, how to win uh, and enjoy the favor of God in every area of their lives. And then uh, uh, another conference going on this year in Mexico City. Uh, plus, we, all, we have other people that we're supporting. Don't forget, Savannah is in uh, Ethiopia, and we're continuing to support her. Of course, Kayla will be going out too with our blessing, and then we're supporting Pastor Charles Schlintz in Ethiopia as well as our missions in India and our, my friend Juan in New York City with New York City Relief. So we're touching a lot of places. Let me just give you your part in three things. Number one, believe here. Believe here. When you come to this house, come with, come with expectation. You will get out of church as much as you expect to. All right? So expect a lot because God will meet you at your expectation. All right? How much do you want to be filled? How much do you want? Amen? Come here. Believe here. Believe that when you come here, you will hear from God. You will have God encounters. Believe that when you come here, your body will be made whole. Believe that when you come here, you're going to find fresh hope. You're going to find a right now word for your life for the moment you're living in. Expect to hear from the Lord. Worship the Lord with everything that you have when you come to this house. I'm grateful to God this worship team does not slack off. They go for it all the way. Huh? They demonstrate it for us. And, and, and believe for miracles here. Because miracles still happen today. But they happen in the atmosphere of faith expectation, believing that anything is possible. Expect growth. Believe for this place to be filled and teeming with people. Amen? Doing the work of the kingdom. Number two, be here. Yeah, that helps, all right? Be here. Attend. Attend weekly. Amen? Serve regularly here. Pray daily for our church. Give generously. Energize yourself for the house of God. Amen? Like never before. Step it up, people. I love you. 
Let's do it. All right? I'm talking to myself, too. We can always come up. huh? And number three, bring here. Believe here, be here, bring here. Invite and bring others with you. Sometimes they might not want to come to a church service, but they might come to a small group. All right. So we want to give you many opportunities and uh, things where you can bring people, even to some of the church events that we do, like our fall fest and things like that, just to get people connected and see what we're doing. You know, when you're out and about in your daily routine of life, take time to pray and to 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 invite others and and to. But it's going to start with the people that you run across every day. You know, your family, your friends, your coworkers, the people you see on a daily basis. Your your coffee barista. Invite them to church. When Jesus said, remember when that, well, he gave the, the story about the man uh, who nobody was coming to his son's wedding? So he said, go out there and get the, the lame, the poor, the down and outers. And so they went and got them and the house still wasn't full. And then he said, go out in the highways and the byways. See, when I was growing up, I was told at that point, that's when you go get, you know, the, the dregs of society. No, they, don't, they were already there. Who are the ones on the highways and the byways? The highway are the, is the main course of your life. It's the regular road that you take, all right? And then the, the little option, just, just your regular routine of life. Go get those people that you see every day that you pass by, and it's just normal, all right? Start looking at them as harvest that must be reaped. And see yourself with the sickle in your hand bringing in the harvest. All right. Does this help you today? I hope you're encouraged. I'm extremely encouraged. I love you guys very much. God is... God has got such big and wonderful plans for you as individuals and for us as a corporate body.